Hi, welcome to the Aligned Sisters podcast. I'm Alexis. And I'm Erica. And today we are with one of my dear friends, Carrie Gillette. And Carrie and I have actually known each other for almost a decade now, which is crazy. We used to work together. Yeah, very long time. We used to work together back in the day at the restaurant biz, super fun. And so it's been just really interesting watching your journey and my journey into getting more into spirituality, nutrition, and just diving deeper into those practices. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. I really appreciate it. I was excited to come on and just talk all health and wellness, nutrition, and like you said, spirituality together. And it's been such a pleasure for me too, Erica, to just see your journey. And like you said, I've known you for 10 years. You were 18. Now you're in your mid-20s. And just to see how far you've come and your growth and uh, it's just, I love watching you and you've just really blossomed and it's just, it's amazing. So thank you. Um, Yeah. So my kind of background, like intro qualifications, um, funny enough, my original major in college, just straight out of high school, I went to a junior college in Bakersfield was actually nutrition. And uh, I was not really psyched about school and uh, I, I took a few nutrition courses and it's very scientific. And I was like, nope, nope, not doing this. <laughs> and I transferred right out of that and into a different major. I think I moved around quite a bit and uh, ended up with a BA in psychology, which actually, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And, and the path that I went on happened for a reason. And, you know, the fact that I do now have a BA in psychology and then ended up back in school for nutrition, kind of coming full circle with my story, which I'll get into a little bit more in a bit. But um, I now can put the two together because, you know, nutrition and eating is just really one piece of it. It's, um, you know, more about the mind and what you think about food and, how you eat and what you eat. It's, you know, there's so many different aspects of it. It's really more mind, body, spirit. It's a whole compass, you know, and that's kind of what, what I try to um, focus on for my, for my nutrition. But um, I got a BA, like I said, and just about three years ago, I went back to school and did a holistic nutrition practitioner program. It was through SWEHA, uh, Southwest Institute of Healing Arts out of Arizona. Um, It was like a 700 hour program. It was 18 months. It was long. It was intense, Um, but it gave me the crux of what nutrition was and, you know, learning about vitamins, carbohydrates, proteins, how the body works and all of that. So um, finished up in June and now just really trying to kind of put the message out there and educate others on nutrition and wellness and living well and taking care of their bodies and all of that. So that's kind of the bar back or the, not the bar. I just looked at my notes and saw the bar. It definitely leads in. You also teach bar. I also used to um, teach bar. So, and we're talking B-A-R-R-E. I was a bar instructor. Um, So a fitness instructor. I did that for about three years, became certified when I lived in Huntington Beach. And then about five years ago, I moved down to Carlsbad, taught down here for a couple years as well. So Health and wellness has always been a part of my life. Um, I've always been healthy. Uh, Certainly I've gone through different periods in my life where I wasn't as healthy. Um, And it's always been transitional for me, just learning and growing as I learn more about myself and my body. You know, just 
as you get older too, you change and you grow. So yeah. that's kind of been my, my journey with, with health and wellness, but I've, I've always loved food. I'm passionate about food. I am fascinated by the body and how the body works. Um, and just the more in depth I can get with that. I just kind of, this stuff I kind of geek out on. Yeah. I love it. Do you have like any morning rituals or anything that kind of mm -hmm. sets or aligns your day either spiritually or food wise that you yeah. stick to? Definitely. Um, I think a morning ritual is so important. And I think yeah. during this time of COVID, um, where I, I stopped working from my restaurant job, I used to be the GM of a brewery down here. I worked insane hours, long, long days. Um, you know, but still tried to keep up my fitness and eating well and all of that. It was just really hard. I've always had a little bit of a morning routine, but now while COVID and I haven't been working, I've really ramped that up. And I think the first hour of your day, the first, you know, moments of your day are the most important. So my routine consists of staying off the phone. Well, at least try my hardest to stay off the phone for at least the first hour of the day. You know, I would find myself getting up, waking up, grabbing my phone, spending about an hour laying in bed on, you know, Instagram or emails. And, you know, you certainly, you go start going down a rabbit hole and you like, you've bought things that you didn't need. Totally. <laughs> you're, you're upset because you've already looked at Instagram and people are doing a million more things than you are. And then you've looked yeah. at emails and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a million things I have to get done today. And that's how you start your day. You're starting your day in a negative. Um, and that's before you even stepped out of bed. Yeah. So, it's like your body's already in this like fight or flight mode. And it's like, exactly. I haven't moved yet. Like, why is my brain in such like this chaotic state? Exactly. So I, I really try and like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I, there are certainly mornings where I do, you know, go on my phone. Usually it's the weekends, like Monday through Friday. I really try to be that, uh, have that constant, but usually I'll read, um, read like, a inspirational quote, a mantra, a Bible verse. I printed out a Bible verse that I have right in front of my bed up on the wall. So when I open my eyes, that's the first thing I see. So usually I read that. Um, I get up out of bed. I make my bed every single morning, never, never fail making my bed. I've got out of bed. I've accomplished something, made my bed done. It's the um, little game changer. Yeah. It's a game changer. I started doing that about two and a half years ago and I have never missed a day and when you come in at the end of the day and you see your gorgeous made bed, it just really, it just changes your whole day. I know it's so silly and so simple, but it truly does. No, but it really is, especially with COVID too. It's like, if you don't make your bed, sometimes if it's unmade and I like get back into bed midday, it just feels like, like, what is my life? What is my day? So it's like, yeah, I feel like making the bed kind of like initiates like, all right, we're starting. And then like getting back into bed is like, all right, we're ending. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then I'll, I'll put on workout clothes immediately because I know I'm going to work out sometime in the morning. So I do not stay in PJs. Obviously, if I was going to work, I would be getting, you know, getting ready for work. Yeah. Um, I come downstairs. Uh, first thing I do, drink water every single morning when I come downstairs, I drink water. Um, I think this is so important for everybody to be doing in the morning. Drink glass of water. You need to, you lose water while you sleep, you need to rehydrate your body. It gets things moving in your body, flushes out toxins. It's so important to just rehydrate. So that's the first thing I do. Then I uh, make my coffee 
And while my coffee is brewing, I do about a 10 minute little stretch session in the living room. And then I'll meditate maybe for five to 10 minutes. And this is just morning. And obviously I can lengthen things right now, but um, for anyone else, these things can be quick. You know, you drink a glass of water, you make your quick coffee, you stretch for five minutes, you meditate for five and you just sit alone for a few minutes. Um, and then I, I have my coffee and I read a devotional. It's called the first 15. I sit down, read a devotional, read a little bit of the Bible. And then that's kind of how I start my day. Yeah. Oh, and then my other elixir too. And this is something I do every morning. I do, um, after I've had my normal eight ounce glass of water, um, lemon, fresh lemon, squeezed lemon, warm water, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, splashes of turmeric and a splashes of cayenne. Sometimes I'll put honey in it. Sometimes I don't. And I always drink that. That's like my morning tonic every single morning. So I love that. It's like a little yes. like fireball shot. It's a little fireball shot. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds spicy, you know? Yes. Yeah. But like anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory. It gets the metabolism going. Um, you know, lemon uh, stabilizes the body, flushes toxins out, balances your pH, again, the water. So you can't grow up. Apple cider vinegar is really great for the gut. So gut healing as well. Just kind of gets everything moving. Yeah, moving and grooving. <laughs> moving and grooving. And then what has been like your relationship with like food and nutrition as you've grown up and as you've come into this space? Has it always been really healthy for you or what's kind of been the journey with that? I would say no, it has not always been healthy. Um, I think as children, um, my mom was, I don't, I don't want to say we were unhealthy, but she was certainly aware of food. She was a good cook. She made dinner every single night. It was always, you know, a vegetable, a protein, a salad. We didn't eat out a lot. Um, we didn't have a lot of junk food growing up. Um, but certainly, I wasn't really aware of food as a kid. And then in my early twenties, I don't think I ate very well either. You know, you have such a fast metabolism, you're young, you're active. I didn't have to worry about my weight um, or issues like that. So I probably ate like any normal kid in their twenties, but I was always aware. I have always loved good food, meaning whole food, vegetables, fruit. I've always been a lover of that. So I kind of gravitate more towards those kinds of foods. I mean, I, of course I love pizza. I love bad foods too, but like I gravitate towards the, the good food. Um, my mom, when I was 25 died of colon cancer and, um, you know, it's such a preventable disease if caught early. And I think a lot has to do with your diet. So that was one big wake up call for me. That was my early twenties though. I, it was a wake up call. It was a realization, but you know, I still hadn't come to this kind of area in my life. And I'd say maybe around 34 when I had my second child is when I really woke up to my own health and taking care of my own body. Um, I went through my own health issues. I experienced breast implant illness. And so that was a big thing for me that was kind of taking down my health. And it took me years to figure out what was going on with my body. 
once I had my implants removed, I did start getting healthy again, but because I took antibiotics, when I had that surgery, it kind of wiped out all my good gut bacteria. And then from that, I got a candida overgrowth and a very bad candida overgrowth. So then I had gut issues and, um, just had to really dive into my own health, like health, you know, doctors are not aware of these issues, breast implant illness, candida, they're not asking the right questions. I went to doctors for years and I was always okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And it really just took me taking my own health into my own hands to figure out what was going on with my body. I went to a naturopathic doctor. I finally got the right test, the right diagnosis. And even that person uh, didn't give me the guideline and the tools to heal my body. It was like, yes, you have this. Now go on your merry way. Yeah. So I had to do my own research. I had to figure out the right diet. I had to do just all my own healing. And that's really what ultimately led me back to school for nutrition. Like I said, it kind of just kind of came all full circle. Yeah, totally. How long did it take you to get a diagnosis for your breast implants? syndrome. Would you mind explaining what that is? Because I know that some people don't know what that is. Um, Some people don't know. So I had implants, obviously breast augmentation when I was 22. Um, I had them for 19 years and they're really only supposed to last about 10. Um, I, I never really got a diagnosis because a lot of doctors don't believe in it. And, um, it was really my own intuition and my own body telling me what was going on. Uh, I think it kind of started when I had my second son around 34 is when I really started getting sick. Um, but just some of the symptoms I had major brain fog. I had major chronic fatigue would that was not me. You know, I was an active, healthy person, but there were days where I would, you know, work a shift, come home, sit on the couch and be like, okay, you have to get up, Carrie, you have to do errands. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't move. Um, I had chronic sinus infections. I had gut issues. I had joint pain. I, at the end of right forehead surgery, I couldn't sleep on my right hip because I had hip pain that radiated down to my knee. Literally could not sleep on my hip. Wow. I had so many other issues. Oh, I had a diaphragm pain that would come every so often to where I couldn't breathe and it would last four hours. I had blood work done, EKGs done, gallbladder test done. I had my liver checked out. I had my gut checked out. Uh, I had so many tests done. Every single doctor, every single time said, you're fine. And not one doctor said, do you have a, uh, you know, a foreign object in your body? Not one of them thought to ask me that. And it was a uh, two months before I had scheduled my surgery. And I just was exacerbated. I was exhausted. I didn't know what was going on. I was sitting on the couch one day thinking to myself, what is going on with me? And it's like, God just put this idea in my head. He said, it's your implants. It's like, it hit me like a lightning bolt. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. I immediately started doing research and all of the symptoms that I had lined up with what was going on. Um, I ended up in the ER due to that diaphragm pain a month later, and then I was just done. I had, I had them taken out a month after that. So that was in 2017. Okay. Within weeks, the majority of those symptoms all dissipated. 
the leg pain, the hip pain. I never got that diaphragm pain again. My sinus issues went away. Um, stomach issues started to subside. I would say the chronic fatigue and the brain fog, those were the two that took a little bit longer to kind of heal, but it was amazing how quickly um, my body healed once that foreign substance was out of the body. Yeah, the body's crazy. Well, and just for anyone who's listening who doesn't quite understand, so the implant itself is encased in a bag. And that bag is made of silicone and all of these different toxins. Well, what it does when they put it in the body, it attaches to the ribs. So the body sees, you know, a foreign substance. Well, and then the doctor said after time, it starts sloughing off into your body. So then the body recognizes a foreign substance and goes to attack it and it can't get rid of it because it's constantly there. So then it sets off the immune system and your immune system is constantly on and fighting. And that's what creates all these other issues in the body and immune issues, immune disorders, and all the things that I was experiencing. So it's serious, but I, I'm, and I know many women who have had it. I know many women who have had their implants removed and their health is, you know, they've regained their health, but um, it's still not widely known about. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm just hearing more about it more recently, just through like different people sharing their story like you did, and just keep on coming up with all these like, side effects of like, why am I feeling this way? And it's because of the implants. Yeah. That's really scary. Yeah. So and it doesn't happen to everybody. So it's just it's strange, you know, but every everybody is different. Every body is different. So how you react to things, even to food, is different. You know, we you and I will react differently to different foods. So it's just it's interesting. Like you said, the body's the body's unique and it's miraculous and amazing. Philosophy around food and diet and especially for clients. Uh, yeah. I know you kind of just said like every body is different. Is that yeah. going into actually, case? Mm -hmm. It's actually a good lead into because that is part of my philosophy. So, I mean, it's, it's evolving. It's always changing. You know, my philosophy on food way back when is definitely different than it is today. And, you know, we are growing every single day and we're changing every single day. Nutrition can't be stagnant. It has to grow and change with you. Um, and like I said, every body is different. So what works for my body is not going to work for your body, Alexis, and it's not going to work for your body. So you really, there is no one, one diet fits all. And I think if we can really wrap our heads around that and understand that, and people can really find what works for their body as, as opposed to trying what everyone else is saying, then you can really tap into your nutritional wisdom and your body wisdom by just listening to your intuition and listening to your own body and understanding, you know what, I might be a meat eater, whereas Erica might be do better on all plants. But when you start comparing and going, well, I want to be a plant person, um, I want to eat that way, but necessarily, it doesn't necessarily work for your body, then that's not going to work for you. So you really have to find that, that bio-individuality and that, that what works for um, your body. Uh, and then, like I had mentioned before, just focusing on your whole self, body, mind, and spirit. Um, nutrition and eating and food is just one piece. But if all those pieces aren't aligned, 
you know, you really can't have, I don't think total, total body wellness. I mean, you know, a person can eat well and have the best body and look so great on the outside, but if their mind isn't right or their spirituality, they're not engaging. They're not, um, they don't have a social life. They don't have a friend circle, all of those things that make us human. You really aren't completely healthy. So it is really nutrition of mind, nutrition of body, which means what we eat, nutrition of soul, spirit. Yeah. I love that. I really like align with that. Cause I know for myself, like I've gone through like eating really healthy and being like, so strict with it and like, quote unquote, like good with it. Um, but then letting kind of like those mental aspects go aside and then realizing that that also plays a part and then ending up like not feeling well because I'm not taking care of myself mentally. So I love that you're like looking at it holistically. Holistically. Um, Yeah. And that, and that includes like your morning routine and moving your body and exercising and, you know, engaging your mind by reading or learning something new, um, you know, just any of those things that kind of encompasses all three of those, which is why I, I, I love what you girls are doing. Um, spiritually, I feel like you said, we, we really kind of align on our, our ideals, but yeah. it truly is important to keep all aspects because it, beca- it can become so imbalanced so easily. Yeah. I feel like, especially this time of year, I think there's so much emotional eating and emotions tied to food, food that's nostalgic food that we eat because we're feeling lonely or we're upset. And so kind of what would you say to your clients who are dealing with like emotional eating and how do they cope with that? Um, yeah, emotional eating is a big one and you know, we're all guilty of it. I don't do it so much anymore. And because I've been, uh, I brought so much awareness to myself and my choices and, and how I, uh, you know, how I eat and how I live my life. But I think just simply recognizing that you might be an emotional eater, you know, that's the first kind of thing, like recognizing like, oh, wow. I'm sitting in front of the TV, shoving popcorn in my face mindlessly um, because I had a bad day Um, and just really being aware. So once you recognize and you bring awareness to what you're doing, I think that's when you can start changing the habits that you've created. Um, Emotional eating is unconscious eating. And you really need to bring um, consciousness to your choices and your eating every day. So you can then make those kind of changes. Um, and you know, certainly during the holidays, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard for everybody. I, I'm, I'm of the mind of balance and, you know, during the holidays, like indulge, don't be so strict. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, you know, when, when we label things and particularly food as good or bad, I think that's when we get in trouble. Yeah. That's something I've been working on for sure, where I'm trying to ditch that mindset and move into more intentional eating where I'm eating because this feels good. And I'm more aware of then what I'm actually putting in my body. Exactly. Because food is neutral. Food isn't good. Food isn't bad. It's neutral. 
it's us who attaches the label to it. So if you say, you know, here's a donut and you're like, I, I really want to eat this donut, but this donut is bad. And then you do eat it. You immediately put your body into that stress response um, because, and then you, you attach that I'm bad. I ate a donut. The donut is bad. Therefore I am bad. And then you put yourself into the guilt and shame spiral. And that's just no place to be. A donut is just a donut. That's all it is. Just a donut. And if you love donuts, then you should eat them and you should enjoy them. But when you don't allow yourself and you say this is off limits, you know, you don't allow yourself to indulge in those things that you do and enjoy and love, which we should all do. That's, you know, life is meant to be in that sort of balance. But that's when you, you know, go down that rabbit hole of like, I'm not going to eat donuts for two months. And then you see a donut and then you eat the whole box. Whereas if you just allow, you know, I can have it. Do I really want it? Today, I don't. Tomorrow, I might. Well, if tomorrow when you eat it, then enjoy it. Be present with it. You know, really allow your body in the senses to um, enjoy, engage your brain, engage the pleasure senses, um, really notice what you're eating and enjoy it. And at the end, don't feel guilty. You enjoyed it. That was a choice. And that's it. You move on. Yeah. There's so much energy around food and how we like label that. I was listening or reading something the other day about eating meat and kind of what's the spiritual side of that. And I think the person was essentially getting at, you know, if you put a good energy out, like, thank you for, you know, your life for me to eat this meal. Thank you Mm -hmm. for the nutrition around what this is going to provide me. That shifts the energy so much and creates actually more nutrition in the body and your body is able to process it and do what it needs to do with it so much better. So exactly. It really is amazing. You're right. Everything is energy. Food is energy and food provides us energy. I mean, that's exactly what it does. It's life giving, it's life sustaining. Um, And I love that you, you know, do that around meat. If you're a meat eater, you know, thanking the, the animal for giving you life, you know, for giving their life for yours and stress is not something we want to have around eating. You know, stress is the one of the biggest anti-nutrients. When you bought, when you eat and you're stressed, your body is in fight or flight. You are not assimilating and digesting your food properly. And actually when you're eating stressed, you um, actually create more body fat in the body. You break down the muscles in the body and you actually extract nutrients from the body. So you could essentially be eating the healthiest food in the world, actually. And if you are in a stress state, you are not going to digest and assimilate that food. It doesn't matter. I could eat donuts. I could eat the healthiest food. If I am in a stress state and not relaxing and really tapping into what I'm doing in that moment with the food, I'm never going to get the nutrients that my body needs. So you're depleting yourself regardless. So stress you know, making sure you're in the right state when you're eating, breathing, oxygen, those are all things that yeah. I need to be aware of. Totally. It's like a, they say it's like rest and digest. It's like, if you're not in like that rest calm state, then how are you able to like really digest and get and absorb everything out of what you're putting in? Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say like as a realistic or 
kind of like a foundation, like what should people be looking to eat on a daily basis? You know, I mean, that's going to be individual too for every person. I don't subscribe to any one particular diet. Um, I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. I'm not gluten-free. I'm not any of those things. I do believe um, in high quality food. I do have a heavy plant slant just because for me, I love vegetables. Like I had mentioned earlier, I love fruits. I enjoy those foods. Um, I enjoy going to the farmer's market and buying foods at the farmer's market. I enjoy eating different colors of the rainbow and variety and texture and all those things. But I, I can't subscribe to one true thing. I like a maintenance type of diet where I do have a bunch of certain staple foods. And then I'll go into experimental phases of dieting, like one month back in April, I'm like, I'm not going to eat meat for the month. And I didn't eat meat for the month. And I just wanted to see how my body responded to that. Um, My body doesn't respond really well to not eating meat. After a certain amount of days, my body starts craving meat. Do I eat a ton of meat? No. But when I do, the quality is high. It's grass fed. It's organic. Um, I try to buy mainly organic fruits and vegetables, same thing. I try to eat less processed foods, things um, without chemicals and additives and food colorings and things like that. So I do subscribe to a certain ideal of eating, but I certainly don't cut any food groups out of my eating. And certainly for someone, if they have, you know, if they're lactose intolerant, obviously they're going to want to get rid of dairy. If they have a gluten sensitivity or are clearly celiac, they've been tested. Obviously, they're going to want to stay away from gluten. Um, But that's really tapping into your body, knowing what works for your body, listening to your intuition um, while you eat and while you cook and while you shop. Um, I think that's an important piece of it. I think that's really great because I know for me, the idea of like subscribing to a certain diet, uh, comes up with those restrictions and kind of like what you were saying with like the whole donut analogy, like when you say you can't have something, it kind of will like make you want it more, or you tend to overdo it in certain ways. So I think allowing yourself that flexibility to be more in tune with authentically what your body is asking of you, uh, versus just trying to force it into a box when you're a hexagon shape. Exactly. And just not following what everyone else is doing, you know, really subscribe to what you want to be doing for your body and be kind and be, you know, be kind to your body, understand that it's constantly changing and evolving and your relationship with food is going to be constantly changing and revolving. Um, And be curious, you know, try different things. Don't subscribe to a diet, but get experimental. Try something for a few weeks. Cut something out for a few weeks. Take notes, journal, see how your body responds to different things. And then that's when you can really hone in on your own specific, I don't want to say diet, but your own specific way of eating. Yeah, I I love that. And I love that you focus more on like the actual wholeness of food. Um, I know for me and some of my friends, um, it ends up being a lot of this like processed health food that comes into play where it's like, Oh, this is like quote unquote healthy. Right. But 
it's like, are you actually eating real food? And I think like coming back to that basis of eating real food and then from there, like adding in other things. Right. Yeah. And and, I mean, food in a box is essentially not real food. It's, it's dead. It's been processed. Um, And even, you know, cutting up and cooking vegetables, that's, that's a little bit of a process, you know, Um, but the less processed you can eat, the better off you're going to be. And yes, subscribing to more real whole foods. But, you know, I understand a lot of people don't have the education or maybe even the desire. And that's, that's where the mind piece comes in. You have to really, you have to have really kind of all three of those pieces to want to make changes in your life and big changes. Yeah. So where do you see nutrition going in the future or what would you like it to look like? Um, you know, uh, it's uh, one education, one education and starting education in the elementary, you know, the younger years with kids. I think they've removed nutrition programs I, from high schools and stuff. When I was in high school, I had nutrition classes. I don't know about you girls. You're much younger than I am. Um, I don't think I, I didn't have any. You didn't have any? Yeah, I never, it was all my own curiosity. Exactly. So, I mean, the school lunches at schools are, are absolutely uh, atrocious. Yeah. And um, so I think just kind of education and starting in the schools and really educating kids um, on, on food and nutrition and how to take care of their bodies and how they should be eating. I think that's one place to start. But the other one is, you know, healthy good, nutritious food should be available to everybody, you know, eating well, um, you know, eating organically and buying organic meats, it's expensive and living well is expensive, you know, a holistic, you know, a holistic view, which is how I live, you know, that includes, you know, the stuff that I put on my body like the soaps that I use, my shampoo and conditioner, what I use as far as face products. I try to buy all organic stuff there and, um, you know, vegan products and things like that, but it's expensive. That's not available to everybody, you know, and, you know, furniture that doesn't have a million toxins in them and clothes that don't have flame retardants and things like that. It's just expensive and it's not available to everyone. But I think the food is probably the easiest place to start making that a little bit more accessible to to everybody. Healthy food. That's, you know, I feel like where it should go, but I feel like we have a long ways to get there. Oh, and it's definitely... The also stricter guidelines around um, chemicals and additives and toxins being allowed to be added to food. Yes. We just don't have enough strict guidelines. I mean, there are products here in the United States that have so many chemicals that aren't in the exact same product in Europe. I just don't understand. Yeah. I follow an account that does that and she'll put side by side like something as simple as like, I don't know, like Cheerios and the Cheerios in the United States versus Cheerios in the UK and like the laundry list of chemicals or just like additives that are in ours versus in Europe is wild. Yeah, it's, it's very wild and it shouldn't be tolerated, but you know, it's going to take people like us forcing them to make the change. So, and that's done through 
educating people about, you know, what's actually in their food. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we wrap it up, I really want to talk about gut health just really quick because I think that is such a hot topic and I'm sure you find with many of your clients or even just yourself, you know, gut issues really kind of the start of where we see a lot of problems and it can manifest in so many different ways as symptoms. Um, something I've been dealing with for a long time. I know Lexus has dealt with, you mentioned it briefly that you've dealt with gut issues. So what's kind of your protocol around healing a gut? How would someone go about understanding if they have gut issues and where do they head from there? Yeah. Um, gut health is huge. And it's one of the things that I want to focus on in my practice, um, particularly because I went through that candida overgrowth issue and it took me a long time to diagnose. And I think it is something that is misdiagnosed. And I think it's a, um, I think it's a big issue that so many people are dealing with and it's, um, you know, I, like I said, it's underdiagnosed and people aren't aware of it. And um, my motto has kind of always been healthy from the inside out. And yes, all issues truly begin in the gut. Like Hippocrates said, all, what, what does he say? All disease begins in the gut. There is some big truth that rings to that, you know, the gut microbiome, you know, holds thousands of microorganisms. They say we're more micro or more microorganisms than we are actually human. I mean, that's insane. And it's all in the gut. And you think about the enteric nervous system, which is in the gut, that's our second brain. So you have to wonder, there has to obviously be a connection going on. Um, I know you had mentioned um, leaky gut. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of let people kind of know what leaky gut is another word for intestinal hyperpermeability. So, you know, if you think about your gut, it's really the first line of defense, you know, from the outside world, it's your fortress. Think about it. You eat food and it immediately goes into your gut. You basically have a super highway from your mouth, you know, your esophagus down to your stomach through your small intestines, large intestines, and out through the colon. So one big super highway, but what you are taking in from the outside world, putting it in straight to your body goes straight to your gut, you know, and that's why, you know, the health of your gut really determines the health of your body. Um, but think of leaky gut. So your gut is a fortress and it's like, uh, has many gates. So think of it like a fortress, a castle with many gates and they kind of, they open and they close and they open to allow nutrients in and they close to allow, you know, to keep the bad stuff out. So leaky gut, basically if your gut becomes damaged, then the gates stay open. And then that allows for toxins, pathogens, um, even food particles to get into the bloodstream. So when that happens, then your immune system is immediately alerted and causes issues in the body. Now, if the gates stay open, then your immune system is constantly on and constantly fighting. And then that's where all the issues start happening. And that can lead to even, you know, more serious disease. But some of the symptoms, um, obviously, and I'm sure you girls have experienced these like gas, bloating, constipation, um, diarrhea, IBS, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And then, like you mentioned, it doesn't even have to present as gut issues. It can be, um, 
acne, joint pain, chronic fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, depression, you know, all of your, or a good majority of your neurotransmitters, you know, your happy hormones are produced in the gut. Your 70% of your immune system and cells, it's produced in the gut. Um, let's see, what are some of the- Their life and in their body. And I think people become normalized by it. Like, oh, this is just how I am now. Or, oh, I'm just getting older. And this is like what's happening uh, versus actually questioning all the underlying issues uh, that might be, there might be a deeper root to that cause of why you're experiencing acne or why you're experiencing a depression. Um, and kind of like doing your own research and kind of going back mm -hmm. to like what you were saying of that bio individuality, um, like what's going on in your body. Yeah. And you do, you have to go back to the root cause. So just like if you think of, you know, a plant or a tree and the leaves are all dying and wilting, you wouldn't go and treat the leaves. You would treat the roots. And that's the same thing with the body. You're not going to, you know, you have eczema on your skin and a doctor gives you a steroid cream that you put on. It just never goes away. You have to go to the roots of the body. What's going on in the gut that's creating all these other issues in the body. Now, I'm not saying that every issue that arises in the body is all from the gut, but it's definitely something that should be taken a look at if you cannot figure out what's going on with the body. Yeah. Um, so, and then just some causes, you know, obviously food is a big, a big trigger for creating and causing leaky gut and gut issues. Um, genetically modified foods, gluten, milk, dairy, uh, low fiber intake, excessive alcohol. Those are some of like the big food triggers, um, environmental conditions, antibiotics are another big one. I mean, just one round of antibiotics can wipe out over 90% of your good gut bacteria. And we need that good bacteria in our bodies, you know, um, you know, once you the imbalance that I had was the bad bacteria overgrew and that was the candida. It overgrew and took over the, the good bacteria. So then you have dysbiosis. There's, uh, you know, it's off. Um, and then depression, stress, bad sleep, um, maternal factors, all those things can, um, lead into leaky gut. Did you realize that um, if you are born um, cesarean section, you're born into one, a sterile environment. And when you're born through the birth canal, the going through the birth canal, that's your first inoculation of getting all those microorganisms. You need those microorganisms to then, you know, populate the infant's body. And then breast milk is your second inoculation. So if you're born into a sterile environment, you're already starting from a disadvantage. Um, I remember reading an article one time and uh, a guy, he was a gut health doctor and his wife had to have an emergency C-section and he swabbed his wife's, you know, uh, I don't want to get too vaginal, vaginal canal, canal. <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, wipe them on the baby's skin and around the baby's nose. So it would actually get into the baby's body. Um, so yeah, and maternal factors really depends like, how were you born? And I've also read studies that have, um, shown that kids who are born C-section do have some of those issues like asthma and anxiety and gut issues and things like that. So, um, it's just, it's really interesting. It's, it's really interesting. It's definitely something that I think is actually starting to catch on a little bit more. Um, 
and people are starting to become more aware of, but, um, like as far as healing, um, I think one, you should get tested if you think you have some sort of gut issues. I mean, that's number one, get tested. And what then find does the it. testing look like for that? Just no, I, I, think, I think you can do blood tests. So I, for my candida overgrowth, I did several tests. I did spit tests. I did blood tests. I did urine tests. Um, and this was all through your naturopath? Through a naturopath, yeah. And I think they can test the stool as well to test the biodiversity of the um, microbiome. But you would have to go to a gut health specialist. I think if you did have something like SIBO or leaky gut um, or you know IBS, things like that, you would want to work with a specialist and then along with a nutritionist. Um, but getting just more rest, relaxation, exercise, um, cutting out those trigger foods, um, getting more sleep, adding a good probiotic to your routine. I feel like everyone should be taking a probiotic, um, eating more prebiotic foods. So prebiotics, prebiotics help food feed the um, probiotics, the good gut bacteria. Um, and you need that for, you know, the beneficial bacteria to grow. So let's see prebiotics like garlic, leeks, um, banana, asparagus, different foods to help the gut. And then eating um, probiotic rich foods like kimchi, kefir, sauerkraut, um, kombucha. Those are all wonderful things for the gut too. Um, and then digestive enzymes, if you wanted to kind of even take things a little step further, obviously you need to be able to digest and assimilate your food, breaking down the food into smaller particles so the body can absorb the nutrients. So digestive enzymes could be something that, you know, someone could add to their diet. Drinking lots of water um, is another one. But working with a professional, especially if you've been diagnosed, I think is first place to start to start yeah. healing your gut how amazing that was so much helpful information definitely very needed I think everyone struggles in some way with the gut and yeah it's nice to know different methods that you can use to heal that and move forward um where yeah. can people find you where can people connect with you what are your socials um, what are your stats yep yes so carried away wellness is my business name uh, on Instagram it's carried away wellness and um, that's really kind of this only social platform I'm on at the moment as that is already overwhelmingly enough for me to deal yes. with uh, Instagram and I have a love-hate relationship as I'm sure many Same. other people do yes we're both there yeah. hand raise oh man it's tough and then and um, my website will also be carriedawaywellness.com. That is under construction. It should be up in about a month or so. So if someone wanted to reach out, they could reach out currently on Instagram. And like I said, hopefully my website will be up in about a month or so. Awesome. But really, I just, I really hope, I want to educate people. You know, I want to get people excited about food and nutrition, about their bodies and how their bodies work. And, you know, you only get, you get one body. That's it. And I think, you know, when you're young, you, you understand that you get that, but you don't really make that connection until you get older or you go through something. Um, but it, it's, it's important. 
and taking care of it, not only nutritionally by eating well, but like I said, you know, exercising, breathing, spending time with friends, spending time with family, you know, engaging your mind, learning something new. There's so many aspects to treating your body well. Nutrition is just one, one beautiful piece of that. An important one, but just one. Awesome. Well, thanks again. We appreciate you taking the time and we loved everything that you shared. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, girls. That was fun. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us at Aligned Sisters on Instagram. We'll catch you in the next up. Bye.